Buckle up, as Milan Lucic would say. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lordco Auto Parts. Now open in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail Northwest. So much to get to on this show today. Yes, a shakeup in Calgary. We're going to kick off the show with Cammy Kepke here in a minute. Talk about Sutter. Nice little bagger to welcome him back to Calgary after his little run there. Then we got Nick Kiprios coming up, host of Real Kipper at noon, Stanley Cup champion. We'll catch up with him in about 30 minutes time and oh boy, a lot of NHL news to get to. Thank you, Tom Wilson. You're back. You're still around. And we're going to dissect that hit later on in the show. But of course, Lord Coe Auto Parts has been household name in communities across Western Canada since 1974. The trusted place for all your automotive needs. Lord Coe proudly Canadian owned and operated. Now, finally in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail Northwest. Go check them out today for exceptional customer experience or learn more about their products and services at lordcoat.com. Time to welcome on from Global Calgary Sports Reporter, Cammie Kepke. Cammie, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, Milan Lucic says buckle up. Daryl Sutter says stay ready. (laughs) That works. I I, I like the mentality and I'm honestly interested to see how it works because I would say about half the team probably can relate pretty well with Sutter and the other half – I am worried for their health and safety with that guy, you know, just in charge because he is hard as they come. Let's talk about the first practice, though, because I believe you were at it and hey, you get a little bit of a bag skate in there. What was it like from your experience seeing how Sutter runs a practice compared to Jeff Ward? It was interesting. It was a very short, high tempo practice. And for all the talk about Daryl Sutter being a really hard-nosed old-school coach. There are some really modern elements to his game and things where he tries to be progressive. For him, it's more about pace than making sure the guys are on the ice for more than an hour. And I will say, in all my time at the Flames uh, over the years, I have not heard the guys huffing and puffing from way up on the concourse before. I don't know that I would necessarily call it a bag skate. I tweeted it was a bag skate. Now I think back on it, I'm like, oh, was it? It was more like how you would skate hard for a 45-second shift. He wants these guys to compete like they are in game mode. And it was a very high-intensity practice, very business-like. We didn't see the guys chattering a lot. Today, uh, practice has just started like five minutes ago, and Sam Bennett is on the ice for the first time. So it will be interesting to see how he works with Sutter. A lot of people think this is going to be a really great match, and some people, like you, say that you fear for some of the guys. I know there's been a lot of concern here about how uh, Sean Monaghan and Johnny Goudreau will react with Daryl Sutter, but you have to remember, they did really well under Bob Hartley, and uh, he's a pretty tough cookie as well. Cammy, as a as a reporter, I'm sure that the press conferences and morning skate chats there, they get pretty vanilla at times, but I think I was most excited about Daryl Sutter getting hired because of his his post-game comments. You never really know, and even in his intros, like the treasure map, and you know, you gotta find the treasure. Like just what are your thoughts on Daryl Sutter, kind of the interviewee? I think he's been really fantastic so far. This has been my first experience with Daryl, and he's not afraid to call out you know, what he considers might be a, a silly question, but he is very insightful. Uh, you know, there was a question yesterday about whether uh, Joaquin Nordstrom could be making an appearance on the top line because he sta- skated with Monaghan and Goudreau during the practice, and he just brushed his eyes like, yeah, well, yeah, he practiced there. He'll give it to you pretty hard and straight. And that was the thing that Brad Living said about the hire. There's no gray area with Daryl. It is black and white. And players, and I think the media, we will always know where we stand with him. Cammy Kepke from Global Calgary Sports Reporter joining us here, talking about Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames coaching change. Now, you've got to hear from a lot of the players, and obviously no one's going to say anything bad about Daryl Sutter. But, you know, what What have you kind of dissected from the players' response and the vibe around the change? I mean, do you think that the guys are, you know, honestly excited for it do you think that they honestly aren't counting themselves out because right now they're out of a playoff spot and it's not looking good for them they don't have a lot of runway there's no time realistically for Sutter to make major changes 
And he said that, you know, the systems are good. We don't need to tear it down. It's going to be about just executing better, doing what you're doing now with a little more speed, a little more intensity. He actually said that the first period against Edmonton on Saturday was the best 20 minutes of hockey he has watched by any team all season. So there are good things to build on. And I do think the players are excited. Matthew Kachuk actually mentioned yesterday that, okay, at the end of practice, Sutter said we're going to do three lines. And he said, like, I thought he was going to make us do more. I thought we were going to wrap up and be like, okay, go again. And he said, like, you know what? He actually really seems like he's a man of his word. Sutter has talked about relationship building being a big thing for him. And if you look at the guys who have played under him previously, they're very careful in the way they talk about them. But the message really seems to be, if you work hard for him, you get results. It's not going to be easy, but he's going to get you the wins. And I think there is a respect there that this is a guy that players know will get the most out of them. Cammy, what's the vibe around Brad Tre living in Calgary? Because this is, I think, his fifth head coach. And I don't know if there's any other GM in league's history who's had five head coaches in their tenure. Just what's the vibe around him? He seems to be always in on stuff, but has never really pulled the pulled the trigger. And he's been there for six years. And I mean, not much to show for yet. I know it's really been uh, interesting with the coaching carousel. Tre living actually said that this isn't the first time he's tried to bring Daryl Sutter back to the bench. So who knows? Like, if it goes really well, like, hey, who's to say Sutter wouldn't have had success three, four years ago when Living first tried to bring him here? But I don't think that people necessarily blame Living for the team's struggles because he has pulled off some great trades. He brought Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev here, who people adore right now. Jacob Markstrom has been pretty fantastic in the early going, obviously coming off a not one of his finer performances, but hey, guys, just back from injury. And people do give Brad for living credit for drafting like GMs had not been able to do for quite some time. He's been a master at helping find those late draft picks like Andrew Mangiapani, who have just become complete superstars in this city. So I don't think it was necessarily... If people knew that a change had to be made. Unfortunately, I think it had to be warred whether this was his this was really all his fault or not but I think Tre Living's also been pretty clear like from this point on it's Sutter the players need to assimilate or be alienated at this point now you've seen this roster for long enough Cammy. where do you think the the core of the issues are coming from right now is it you know Kachuk and Lindholm maybe not pulling their weight as much as they have is it Gaudreau and Monaghan have gone flat in Calgary is it you know it's time for a major shakeup, a rebuild? What 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 do you see being the the number one issue that needs to be fixed for this Flames team to either become a serious contender or at least even make the playoffs? It was difficult in previous years because they really didn't have the number one goalie. Like you remember, there was that maybe month long span where everyone thought Yoni Oreo was going to be the <laughs> guy going forward. <laughs> yeah, good times, hey. <laughs> but, Classic um, you know, fan, Elmo. Yeah, I think um, earlier this season, Matthew Kachuk has struggled. I think there might have been a degree of hurt there or a feeling of betrayal because the guys on the team didn't want him to be stirring things up, going after players, doing the things that really make Matthew Kachuk a standout player. I think the coaching change is a chance for this team to finally build a true identity. And if that doesn't work, yeah, you got to start looking at shaking up the core. The problem with the Flames is that they can play with the best of them and they just, they could go on an absolute heater here and I wouldn't be surprised. They could also crumble at the seams and I wouldn't be surprised because the core of their issues always seem to stem from effort and wanting it. All right, Cammy, you mentioned that they can, they can go either way. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Which way is it? Oh, teams tend to perform better after they get a coaching change. I think they'll do pretty well in uh, maybe the next 10 game stretch. But after that, after the newness of the situation has worn off, that's what I'm really going to be watching their effort levels. Some coaches may have, you know, let the effort level slide and just been uh, content to call the guys out. We've seen pretty much every single head coach has blown up on this group on at least one occasion, swearing, throwing sticks, kicking the guys off the ice. I'd be a little more concerned about what Daryl Sutter would do if he's not uh, happy with the effort with this group. Actually, we saw yesterday, uh, guys don't, 
typically stay on the ice that long after practice ends and everyone stretches at center ice. I think they were scared to see who was going to be the first one off the ice. I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a chat like, okay, like Dominic Simone, you're going to be the guy to, you're going to take one for the team. You're going to get off first. Guys are kind of buzzed by the exit thinking about it. No, they all stayed on for quite a while. And I think it was uh, Lindholm and Monaghan ended up being the first ones off. Okay. I got one last one for you. Is uh, Daryl Sutter the worst coach in the league at wearing a mask or no? I know it was weird. We were shooting yesterday and I'm like, um, are we going to get in trouble if we use these shots of him pulling down the mask? That's uh, old school. I don't think they like it. I don't think they like it. He had it completely off at one point around the net. I saw on TSN, he just like had it in his hand. (laughs) To be fair, he was whistling and uh, he was uh, using the whistle at that point. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's a great thing I'll give him. That's a great save. Cammy. thank you so much. Uh, plug, plug yourself here. Where uh, where can people find you on social media and stuff like that? At Cammy Kepke Global. I'm not going to try to spell it on air. People kind of think <laughs> it's like Cammy Tackies or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tagged in our tweets. People will find it. Cammy, thank you so much. We appreciate you making the time. Hey, thanks, guys. Right there, Cami Kepke from Global Sports Calgary joining us on World Hockey Report Live. We got to talk a little bit about Daryl Sutter and you know his impact on this team so far. Adam, I got to get your thoughts early. I mean, do you think that this this you know change has the the opportunity to spark him into a playoff spot? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just he went to LA and I think they won the Cup his first year because they went from Terry Murray, who's just and all accounts a psychopath to to Daryl Sutter, but at the same time, like everybody goes, yeah, they won in L.A. You know, they had Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty, and the Flames don't have that. And I don't think that you're going to see Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan play this hard nosed game. I mean, you look at the comments after any Flames loss; it's Monahan's five nine, plays like he's five nine and one hundred and fifty pounds. And I'm not going to disagree there, but I do think that Sutter is a good coach and. I mean, at the same time, there's everybody who's talking like, yeah, he's a dinosaur. But people in L.A., they're kind of saying like nobody really understood how like forward thinking he was. Like they think he's some old cowboy from Alberta, which which is true. But at the same time, like he does know what he's talking about and it does have an expiry date. Right. Like you can only yell at guys and push guys so, so far and your antics can only work so many times. So. I think it's good for now, but eventually there is an expiry date on a guy like that. 100%. Before we forget, though, Cammy Kepke brought to you by Coco Vodka, Coco Rum as well. Back for another season of hockey. Our great friends at Coco Vodka, Coco Rum, best drink you'll ever have on more shelves than ever across Alberta. Coming soon, LCBO and also in BC. Refreshingly different Coco Vodka and Rum vacation in a can. Enjoy the Coco life with us. It's high-quality ingredients, no fillers, no beer bloat, no cheap liquor. Coco Vodka, Coco Rum, the real deal. I She also brought up one interesting point. I do want to get to some more NHL news, but we got to talk flames here while they're hot. All these coaches in Brad tree living's era. I mean, they've actually had some pretty major blowups on the guys. I mean, you know, you think about a gullets and chucking his stick. You think about all these other situations where these coaches have really snapped. I don't think I remember, like, do you, do you think every coach in Pittsburgh snapped on Crosby and Malkin or every coach in Edmonton snapped on McDavid dry side all no. Those guys you know, are in like those guys I'm are in really a just trying to coaches in Chicago like Q snapping on Taves and Kane. I don't think that happens that often. Whereas in Calgary, it seems to be a once a year thing where these guys are just clearly dogging it and they don't have what it takes. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, in Pittsburgh, you're never going to question. Mike muted. Is it? I don't, is it is muted? Oh, we might have we might have lost Adam there oh, for a second. Not exactly sure. What went on? I don't know. Okay. I guess back? I'll take it from here until Adam fixes his mic. I don't know. You, you just do what you can. Actually, let's go to a commercial break. That that might be uh, the, the sane way. We'll come back. NHL news for our friends over at Pro Rock Hockey. Huge thanks, Cammy Kepke. Talking flames. Be sure to download the podcast wherever you get it from. Step aside here. Quick timeout. It's World Hockey Report Live on 12 Ounce Sport. A lot of guys playing their thousandth game. I feel like we're kind of getting to that era in this generation now. What's up? It's Cody Jans and Adam Ermitrout here. We're talking presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the one-stop shop for quality RV, car, truck, or marine parts. 
and accessories. Time to talk NHL news. For Shout out to Cody for being deaf. Yeah, no, I lost sound. I apologize to uh, everyone there. I thought you guys just kicked me off the show here for a second. I thought I got gassed, but looks like we figured it out. We've got Adam. We've yeah. got James. They solved the day. Thanks, guys. Round of applause. Three stars of the week. I guess I can bench myself later on. Uh, though, Pro Rock. Hockey Sticks, a Canadian hockey company, changing the way we buy hockey sticks now. What's the number one problem we face when buying top-of-the-line hockey sticks? Well, they cost $400, which is wild. Pro Rock, top-of-the-line stick, weighing around 400 grams at the best price point. Check them out today, prorock.com. That's P-R-O-R-O-C-C.com. Something like that. Not a spelling miss. Adam, let's dissect the Tom Wilson hit. Just give me your thoughts on that. I mean, it's a seven-game suspension. No call on the play, which is wild. But, uh, hey, we're glad Carlo's all right. Yeah. Uh, if it's not Tom Wilson, probably not a, probably not a suspension. Um, like, he, it's, it's a weird rule because everybody says, okay, you know, you hit the guy's shoulder first, you ride up to the head. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a penalty. But that's what happened. And, I mean, you hit... It's more so like an unsuspecting player, right? Like it's in a way it's boarding, but it's an unsuspecting player who's against the boards and they're kind of in that two feet range where he gets up, hits his head. And I mean, look, the rest told Ovechkin it wasn't a penalty because that's the way the rule says, right? But sure enough, it's Tom Wilson. Guy goes to the hospital. Um, There's some ridiculous people out there going, Tom Wilson needs to be out of the league. Like he's a he's a psychopath. Like he's trying to hurt. Like he's not trying to hurt people. In fact, I'm not going to say the league needs more injuries. Obviously, but the league needs more guys like Tom Wilson. Right? Just cancel us right now. Yeah. You know, no, but the league like Tom Wilson is such a unicorn in this league. I said that. Like if he plays with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, he's won a Stanley Cup. Like it's not like he's some scrub who's just out there two handing guys. Like you know, but. Yeah, it was it was a questionable hit, but it wasn't. If it's not Tom Wilson, it's not a suspension, right? Oh, I mean, he crossed the line one hundred percent, and I think that the issue that the Capitals players have is that it wasn't called on the ice. But you see, everything so quick, and even from a ref's angle, they might have been like, "Okay, well, it looks like he kind of got the body first. Maybe he didn't follow through as bad." That doesn't matter. And I mean, Tom Wilson's history is going to play somewhat into it. There's no doubt about it. Although the league might not consider him a repeat offender. You got to set the tone. You send a guy to the hospital. Yeah, it's going to cost you seven games excessive. I think so. I I, I really thought that four or five was going to be the number. Seven. I thought it was weird. Why didn't he appeal it? Did they, did they say? I, I No, I mean, I think he's just whatever. Like, what's he going to appeal it? What's he going to appeal it from seven to five games? Like, and the Caps, like, what do they need him for? Like, you know, they're they're so good, right? Well, I mean, they kind of need Tom Wilson in their lineup. He did help them win a Stanley Cup, but I guess he can't play goalie. So they need some more help than uh, that works for. Should, yeah, let's talk about the Yamamoto slew foot now and the Pesci slew foot because – those are disgusting plays. And I don't know if you called it the dirtiest play in hockey or someone else did. I 100% agree because there's so many different things that can happen, whether it's Matt Cook cutting someone's Achilles open, someone ruining an MCL because you're not used to getting hit, like you're not prepared to you know, get your legs taken out like that, or falling back and cracking your skull on the ice. It's a disgusting play. And honestly, the fact that the Flames did nothing about it is pathetic. I mean, that just shows... That's a that's the flames. Yeah, that's a team with nothing going. Yeah, uh, Slewfoot's. I mean, I think the boarding plays where the guy's three feet away from the boards. I think those are are almost close. It's just that those are happening so fast that any little push or anything. But it, a Slewfoot's pretty much as intentional as it gets, right? Like you're yeah, literally gross. you're lining up your foot behind the guys. You're throwing them over. In Yamamoto's case, he pretty much just kicked them. Um, but yeah, and it, honestly, there's like, you could crack your tailbone, you could jam a wrist, you could crack your head, whatever, but slew foots and I mean, a $5,000. Did you see that comment on our post too? It's someone said like, oh, they do it in UFC all the time. Like, what? you're like, preparing for it in UFC. Like, I, exactly. Like you're not preparing not for like, someone, someone to leg kick you in hockey. I know. Oh man. And I, like, I, yeah, I love just those. skate blades and all that. I mean, yeah, I, 
slew foots are, are pretty greasy. Um, nothing ever good pretty. comes out of it. The the five grand fines ridiculous too. Like, shouldn't the league get like that's like that's like, like us getting fined like fifty bucks. Oh yeah, honestly, and I mean the league the the five grand fines. Like, why can't they do like twenty grand or something? Like, really come down on guys and. No, Maybe. think about Tom Wilson. The biggest part, it's not that he's gone for seven games, that he's gonna be missing 350 grand out of his paycheck this year. That's yeah. a true effect. I don't see why the fines can't go up to a hundred or two hundred grand. You know what? Make it worth it. If you do something stupid, you should actually have to feel like, wow, I'm gonna play hockey for two months with no pay because I did something stupid or asked. Ovechkin got fined five thousand dollars for spearing Trent <laughs> Frederick. He's like, uh he, he Shout out to the morning skate the too. They did all the math and they were like, that's equivalent of like us getting fined nine dollars, like based on like the American national or like average income. Yeah. Rid- <laughs> that's ridiculous, awesome. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. The NHL, they they have to switch to the I like the IHF rules where the hit to the heads are just an automatic two and ten, you know? Yeah, that's it, it makes sense in that. I just feel at the NHL, as soon as they give 10-minute misconducts, they're always worried about, oh, if we sit our star players in the box for too long, people aren't going to tune in. Uh, shout out Disney, though. NHL and ESPN, I think they got a seven-year deal. It's like yeah, ESPN, wild. ABC, worth reportedly double or more what the last deal was worth. I think that's good. That's great for expansion to the U.S. I think that's huge for markets like Seattle coming in. And honestly, I mean, it's nice to see uh, an American player really step up and be like, hey, we see value in the NHL because in the past, I don't think it was there. Yeah, honestly. And for ESPN, like I don't want to get political about this, but NBC's like a lot of people go to it for politics, right? It's obviously NBC sports, but, you know, a lot of people wouldn't support NBC because this, but ESPN is just sports, right? Like it's not, it's not is Fox NBC news. politics even. I have no clue. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, NBC I think of like CNN and Fox when I think of, CNN, but yeah, no, I mean, ESPN is just sports, right? And for them to bring back some of the glory days, like Gary Thorne, who last time I checked, he was gassed by the Baltimore Orioles. Like, I mean, like the worst team in MLB history gets fired by pretty much because he he honestly did an interview last year on Overdrive where they're like, so like, you do you still like going to the ballpark? He's like, no, like I, like he pretty much said he hated calling games for the team. So Gary Thorne's a free agent. I think that'd be pretty sweet. And for like the ESPN Sports Center, I unfollowed them on Twitter just because it's like basketball it's this, so cool. dunk this, LeBron did. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then for hockey, they wouldn't pay attention. To, uh, they wouldn't pay attention for hockey until, until, like, I don't know, round three of the playoffs. So it's just, it's pointless. Hopefully that gives more exposure. And, yeah. They show, like, the random college hockey highlight, too. Like, just one goal a month. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Sports Center in the States is something else. It'll be interesting, though. Uh, let's quickly talk uh, Kane, Yandel. They both played their thousandth game. That's crazy to think about, man. Like when you really sit back and you're like, wow, there's only been like 300 players who have played 1,000 NHL games. That's crazy. And yeah. to see a guy like, I mean, Yandel's such an underappreciated defenseman of just what he does. He's always so consistent. He's so good. He's the Iron, Iron man. man. And then Patrick Kane, my opinion, he's the best U.S. player of all time. I mean, you, you can't discredit what he's done for the Chicago Blackhawks. They took that organization, him and Taves, from a literal dumpster fire that was probably close to folding into, you know, they brought an original 16 back into a wagon. He's that good. And now he's, he's what, second in NHL scoring? Yeah. The guy's a machine. He's the best American of all time. No question. No, it's it kind of makes me feel old because I remember the the Kane and Taves shootout where Taves gets a three and I think Kane had one or two and... I mean, and a thousand NHL games World later, it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty wild. So, yeah, I mean, I still think longevity plays into it. Like Mike Medano played one less game than fifteen hundred. Shout out Babcock, but yeah, I think that there's still all these Babcock interviews are getting yeah, out of hand too. I heard I the one on Cam and Strict. Wow, he's, this he's this is going to be interesting. We might have to hit up a U of S game. I know. Well, yeah, he's he's on a tour right now of some sort, but yeah, I mean. Kane, yeah, I still think he's got maybe a couple hundred games to go before I anoint him. But watching his highlights, man, like the the hat trick against LA where he does the heartbreaker in overtime, he scored a series winner against Minnesota, the the worst Stanley Cup winning goal of all time, where no everyone lost the puck and it was just like anticlimactic against Philly. So, yeah, uh, good for him and 
for Yandel, like just just does his thing, right? Just goes out, gets sixty points, whatever. Remember at the start of the year where they were gonna they were gonna scratch him and and all that, but I mean, I I think that was that was a little blown out of proportion. So good for them. I like all the little things that guys do, like the the sticks up for Kane or whatever skating yeah. through the tunnel, and then they spray painted their stick for Yandel, and then the Crosby tying the skates. Those are all good stuff. No kidding. No, that's uh, it's interesting. We'll get to some more NHL news after, but let's actually head off to a commercial break right away so we can bring on our good buddy Nick Kiprios here. Real Kipper at noon, Stanley Cup champ. Let's take a time out here. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen, Adam Erman, Trout with you on 12 Ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report Live presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Learn more at lordco.com. Follow Lord Co. Auto Parts on social media. Please be joined now. Stanley Cup champion, NHL online. Now, prominent prominent media member still with his new show real kipper at noon it's nick kiprios joining us on this show kipper how's it going i'm good guys how are you doing good doing good appreciate you taking the time here let's talk about the show i mean plug it it seems to be taking off for you You and doug are crushing it now every uh, not every day but i think you know it's uh, a few times a week at least tell us about that and how's that yes. been for you in the transition from uh you know mainstream media yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I know the whole world has changed for everyone the past, what, uh, 12 months, 14 months, and uh, hopefully we're digging ourselves out of it. But it just seemed like a, a perfect opportunity coming off a tremendous run with Rogers uh, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada uh, that I was able to kind of create this show, this digital show. Uh, it's basically a studio in my house that uh you know doug mcclain a colleague of mine for many years that uh, we spent time with the washington capital organization to come together and just talk hockey no different than anyone else and uh what the future holds is kind of still unclear i don't imagine that i'll ever get to the pace that i had on on hockey night in canada and, and, and sportsnet during a, a week to week but you want in terms of the hottest topics, you're your own boss, as you guys know that with your show. And it's been a lot of fun so far. So I was able to partner up with a company uh, out of Eastern Canada. It's, it's in the online gaming industry. Uh, they trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange, uh, i3 Interactive uh technologies and uh it's been good we'll see where the, the the whole online gaming space goes in the next little while but it's a moving target and i'm glad to be a part of it nick speaking of your show i'm just going through some of your tweets here and here's here's one i love one of your conversations with doug you have to build nhl teams around number one centers not number one wingers i think for me personally that's why i will never i still can't get on the Vegas hype train, just what are your thoughts on on building around number one centers, and if Vegas truly can get over not having one? Well, Vegas was kind of a unique uh, scenario where they were able to capture these really good quality hockey players at the same time, and what we thought were uh, depth players uh, turned into legitimate top top six players, and two that stood out for me right from the get go was. Uh, Riley Smith and uh, uh, Marcia So, Jonathan Marcia So, uh, cast ways as we like to refer to a lot of these guys that were extra parts in the Florida Panther organization or Nate Schmidt in uh, Washington at the time. And they really came together real quick. Um, and, you know, whether or not you want to look at uh, William Carlson as a guy that uh, is a number one centerman or a guy that certainly. Uh, is a top six, but when he's on top of his game, he can certainly fill the role of a, of a frontline guy. Uh, do they have a traditional superstar organization? Uh, because Mark Stone certainly comes across as a, as a, as a workman mentality type of player, but I, I have him as a star in the NHL because he certainly is great at scoring uh, goals, but, doing the little things that help you win as well. But traditionally, I'd like to say that when, when you build an organization, you want to start 
start with a centerpiece. And most often than not, I think it comes around uh, a star number one centerman. It doesn't have to be uh, the case all the time. Can you kind of get around it like Vegas did with, a, with an incredible expansion, possibly? But most often than not, I like the, the thought of building around a number one centerman a lot more than I do a winger. Okay, now Adam's more of uh, the current guy. I want to get some uh, info and stories off you about when you were playing because I got to ask about those Rangers teams. What was it like with, you know, Leach and Zubov on the back? How good were they? Yeah, they were as good as I've ever seen. And, you know, we we know Zubov, you know, in the last few years was in. I was wondering what took them. Of course, Brian Leach gets all... Uh, so much attention for being the first American to win the Conn Smythe in NHL history. But that Zuboff was a very, very special player, talented player. Uh, the ability to hold on to the puck while most guys would have panicked over and over again. And then to watch it unfold two or three times and have six or seven options when you probably, most guys would have looked at two options. That was a truly talented hockey player and he's been well rewarded with the hall of fame status but those those guys left Messier up front and uh great supporting cast with the likes of adam graves and you know so many others but uh i really believe that you know even on our team as much as you know mark Messier was the face of our cup win also that you build from that on now, and Brian Leach. Kipper, you're a Toronto guy. You played on the Leafs. Uh, do you think that this is their best chance to to maybe win? Without a doubt, it is their best chance. There is no Boston and Tampa Bay to get in their way to a conference final. You look at uh, the way it's shaped up in the North Division, uh, it'd be shocking right now if the Leafs didn't stand tallest, you know, when you're down to a Final Four. So it's the path has never been easier. And it just seems like the players have matured and Matthews and Marner have gone to another level. Uh, the the, the ad in there doesn't. Uh, seem to be as prominent as it's been in the in the past i.e the blue line is better their team toughness seems better although it's debatable whether they've truly been challenged yet or not i will i will fall into that category but they appear to be bigger in depth of angle and mahalov and, you know, they're big, strong guys and they lean on you and they're hard on the forecheck and they can finish plays. So it, it does seem like they're poised for a legitimate run here, whether or not they have all the pieces in place for me to be I'm not sure where they are with the third line centerman. Kerfoot, to me, is not a prototypical third line playoff type of player. Uh, so we'll see how that shapes out. But. They've gotten better on the blue line, and whether it's Fred uh, Frederick Anderson or Jack Campbell, somebody's going to have to learn how to win a round soon as well. No, I I totally agree, and Fred Anderson needs to make the the big save. But I want to ask you a fun one here. Uh, we jab at this guy a lot, Rich Pilon. You scrapped him. Um, you would have probably beat the crap out of him. Am I right? No. No. Was like a guy, you know. I, I I was just a little guy, you know, who tried to get in and out as quick as possible. But uh, I had a lot of respect for Rich and the the career that he had, and uh, uh, everybody could use a Rich on the blue line. Trust me. Kipper, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time here. Best of luck with your new show. I know it's taken off for you, so we appreciate you hopping on here. Hey guys, have a great one. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Nick Kiprios right there, Stanley Cup champion, hopping on.
pretty tough. pretty humble about the rich fight there. Sorry about the audio there. So tough, tough internet sometimes. That's the way it is up in Canada. We're not uh, blessed like the Americans there. Of course, Nick Kiprios brought to you by Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, Canadian company changing the way we buy sticks. Check them out today, ProRock.com. Any NHL news that I wanted to get to as well. And Adam, I found this one funny. I don't know if you uh, really saw this on social media. Did you see the Flyers are raffling off a naked picture of Gritty or a painting of Gritty? No, I did not see that, but I how, mean... How, how do we get away with that in 2021 when everything else gets cancelled? Did you, see what, naked did you see what the Stars... Did you see what the Stars posted yesterday? No. <laughs> it was like a, uh, somebody's career night. I, I forgot what it was for, but everybody's just in their like shorts and t-shirts post-game, and Blake Combe was just in straight underwear. Like He's like literally <laughs> wearing his tidy whities whatever and it's just blake como in his underwear and they post that on facebook and all that so that's I mean, awesome that's yeah. i mean that's the, the dream too and then there was the brent sutter one on tsn i'm gonna load this up i'm gonna hold this in front of the camera i don't know if people can even see that what i'm oh, holding yeah. up there if it's focusing but come on i mean sutter might be known as old school but he embraces anal that's where you cut it off <laughs> like, yeah cool. come on that's a that's a rough look tsn welcome Welcome to the big leagues. We got to figure that out. I don't know. I think it's funny. Uh, topical news, though. I mean, I'm, I know you were into the royal family. I know you follow <laughs> that very closely. Uh, Megan is it Harry, not Henry. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> Harry. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. I'm a big fan of him too, as you can tell. Uh, did you watch that interview? No, I didn't. That guy used to get after it though. Like he was kind of like the par- <laughs> the party guy. It. Like he's Lindsay like was telling me about it. He's like in Vegas and stuff like that. I did not watch it. I honestly don't really know what it was about. Um, I don't want to offend yeah. our followers in England, but I know that the Royals don't really have any power. I, I'm not even sure what they do. Right? They're just. I, don't, I I honestly like they don't really have a say in anything. So they. It's part of the British history and all that, so I'm not going to discredit that. But have no idea. I liked Meghan Markle on Suits. Um, I, I really like that show. She As did a good job. Did. Yeah, she <laughs> did a good job. Great actress. Did a good job. Her her and uh, Patrick Adams, who played my boy Mike Ross. So that was good. I have no idea what the interview was for or about. Um, I watched some sort of body language thing on it, but I, I really don't know. I think we got a couple of good memes on it, too. Well, then I said I, also, I was getting the royal treatment yesterday, but then I was like, oh, apparently you don't want that. <laughs> that was a good tweet. That was a good tweet. Oh, man. Did you see there was also, I can't remember who tweeted it out. It might have been 12-ounce sports. Shout out Jeff there. And it was like uh, the the royal family releases a statement. And then it was like like part of the statement in midway through. It was like, and that's hit deep by Castellanos. So that's going to be a home run, and it's a 4 nothing ball game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I love stuff like that. Just that. Cracks me up. Well, we're we're way off the rails. Thank you, royal family. Um, also, shout out KHL, dude. Full Barnes, twelve thousand fans at playoff games. Wow. What would what would you pay to be at a twelve thousand fan game right now? Like, doesn't that just seem electric? You know, I getting pay, chills I from the grand. anthem. Like honestly, like to go, like just like to go anywhere, man. Like it's it's freaking Groundhog Day all over again. And like the states, like there's like literal rumors. I don't know if these are true, but there's vaccine there's they have too many vaccines they don't even know what to do with them down there and sure enough in canada there's damn nurses at the in saskatoon here that can't even get a vaccine so it's it's ridiculous and you know you see that every single baseball team is having fans at their games and it's it's wild um i honestly don't get it i see like and it's an advantage to like two two thousand people at a hockey game right now like it's it's an advantage for those teams and Sure enough, there's like one a week where it's like, yeah, we're allowing fans, like we're allowing more fans. And I mean, in Canada, like see you next year. <laughs> Is 2000 fans really that much of an advantage? I don't think it's I think they just like the, something. I think they blow the volume out of proportion. They're probably still piping in noise or they're like echoing the, the crowd noise somehow. I would assume that. But also the Canadian teams and I know the Oilers, they've uh, they've kind of started working on a proposal or they've submitted their proposal for limited capacity. I think, I mean, kind of from everything that I've been hearing on my end is that all NHL teams are doing this right now for playoffs. And so it'll be the four playoff teams. If they get approval, they're going to have limited fan capacity or they're aiming to have that, whether that is 25%, whatever it may be. They're working on these proposals now so that come playoff time, they can actually get a couple of asses in the stands. Yeah, that, that'd be incredible. Like 
Saskatchewan yesterday, they announced that you could have up to 10 people in a household, but it has to be from like, so basically a blade three, scheme. Yeah. Like it, like it has to be from like three different, um, bubbles or like you have to have a bubble of three households or something. So, and I was like, I saw that. I was like, Oh my, like, this is crazy. Like it's been however, however long of this, like it's crazy, man. Like looking back, you're like, this is exactly like a year too. Hey, I remember yeah. watching the Oilers and Jets game last year and the NBA like canceled the game. Then they postponed their season. I'm watching like the secondary mission. I'm like, like this is po- this is literally pointless, and it turned out to be pointless because the season got canceled the next day. But watching back some of the clips and like cutouts and stands, it's it's insane, man. Yeah, the cutouts and stands, I've never understood that. Like, I think it just yeah. looks stupid on the broadcast. I thought it was funny. Who is it? Fox that like uh, put those animated fans, like the fake yeah. ones in the stands. That was yeah. funny. I thought, but then like the ball would go through them. Oh, what I. <laughs> I don't really yeah. remember that, but that seems like a, a funny thing. Anything else uh, big for any child news? I mean, I know you probably want to stroke off Kaprizov, Kaprizov, whatever, some more, but um, he's still Panarin's not back. So come on. Panarin's back. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, he good. just That's just got back fun. today. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of like life-threatening stuff, right? Like doing, yeah. doing, like, which is why he left the team. So, yeah, I mean, good that he's back. Kaprizov, I mean... This is this is the debate though, right? I mean, he's a fantastic player and he's the best player Minnesota's ever had. I mean, if you want to debate Gabbert, go ahead. But he's twenty three, Stutzel's eighteen. Like, are they both rookies? Technically, yeah, but it's it's tough to say the Calder trophy, right? Because he's it's a Panarin McDavid thing all over again. I'm sure if McDavid was like McDavid's twenty three, he just turned twenty four, but right, like he'd have hundred points in fifty-five games, and be like, "Yeah, okay, you're the rookie of the year since he played in the KHL." So I think that's a little wild, but good for Kaprizov. Um, you know, Minnesota—they're somewhat fun to watch now. No, don't give them that much. Come on, I don't know. And they're all talking about this uh, this Finnish tendy they got. Have you seen him? You got any thoughts on him? This Akinen, uh, yeah, Akinen? he was uh, AHL goalie of the year, and he's been playing well. Him and Kevin Lankin, and so maybe this is the next wave of. Of Finnish goalies. I know Lankinen's played well in Chicago. Um, shout out to Jason shout Robertson. Shout out to Jason Robertson also. He's on the stars. Oh, yeah. Four assists last night, 13 points in 16 games. And this is a tweet from Matthew DeFranks. He said, Jason Robertson's best chance at winning the Calder is telling Toronto media that he's Nick's brother, which is like, honestly, it's true, right? Like saying, saying that your brother plays in Toronto when you're on Dallas, like he's almost a point per game player. So, could be getting something. A um, couple win streaks to talk about, though. Carolina and the Islanders have both won six straight. Like I honestly thought the Islanders were like a little over five hundred, and sure enough, they're sixteen six and four. Yeah, no, they've been hot though, and they, they've got the Bruins number this year too. They're crushing it. Yeah, I mean they did beat the Sabers five two three straight games, um, which take Jack Eichel injured. R.I.P. Yeah, you know, take he's that done. He just does worth. not want to play. What's what's yeah. hurt is his feelings, and he is done with Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, for the Islanders, they, I, I feel like we talk about this every year, though. Like, yeah, they're a good team. They're tremendously coached, probably the best coach in the league, right? But like, what that gonna... goal from Barzell? Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Also, also, if you say save of the year one more time, I'm changing every, the Twitter password. Time. This is this is a, a once a week thing for you. Yeah. Every every time save of the year, like oh my goodness, save of the year. He dropped it on day one, I think, with Malcolm Subban or whoever. Save oh, of yeah. the year. I'm like That's oh my cool. goodness, we're gonna have 19 save of the years here. No, but for uh, for the Islanders, it just seems like we talk about this every year, right? Yeah, they're a good regular season team, but eventually they just like don't have the horses, right? They got 30 or 40 million tied up in kind of the middle of their roster. Where it's like you're not, you can't go anywhere with that. No, then they've got really no room to expand it. I mean, nothing against your uh, JG Pajos, your Jordan Eberle's. Anders Lee. They, yeah, they haven't really Nelson. proven to be uh, game breakers come playoff time. They'll get you so far, but once you run into a highly skilled team or a team that just honestly has more depth up front, they can't compete. I mean, look at Tampa. Uh, what did they go to six last year? I was going to say Tampa had their way, but... You know, it wasn't that easy. But again, I, I don't see it. Their goaltending just hasn't been there come playoff time when they need it. Yeah. Um, speaking of 
random teams also. The Carolina Hurricanes are 18-6-1. They've won six straight. Alex Nedeljkovic, you could have had him on waivers. He's has a 9.26 save percentage in eight games. And really? Vincent, yeah, Vincent Trocek. Wow. I mean, he was pretty much, him and Quenville just hated each other's guts, so he got dished to Carolina. And point-per-game player, Jordan Stahl. So that's DJ Vinny Trocek to you. I know. And Jordan Stahl, he's got, thinks it's 2010 again. So, I mean, good for Carolina. I, I, I really like their team. Also, breaking news, Darcy Camper out uh, week-to-week lower body injury. That guy can't catch a break. Oh, my goodness. I, Brutal. And when's the last time he's gone a full season without an injury? Well, I mean, it, it seems like the Coyotes just run him into the ground, though, right? Like, Ranta gets hurt. Kemper has to play 15 straight games and get outshot 40 to 20 in all of them. It's just like... True. And that was also ridiculous the other night, how Jacob Markstrom, first weekend back from injury, he goes back-to-back against Edmonton and then Ottawa, like... I don't understand that one. I get that he's your workhorse, but don't play him back-to-back in your first game back. Can I throw something that might be a little crazy out there? And I I feel like the Oilers are a great example of why you need to have three solid goaltenders this year. I mean, what did they just see against Toronto? Toronto played three different goaltenders against them who are all capable NHLers. And don't, don't give me anything about Michael Hutchinson not being a capable NHLer. He's playing in the Western Conference Finals last year and doing quite well. Now he comes in, he wins him a game when need be. Jack Campbell comes in, he wins him a game when need be, and they've got their starting goaltender, Freddie Anderson, who comes in, bats cleanup, and finishes it off. You need three solid goaltenders this season. It's that valuable, and it's almost an every-season thing now where injuries are so common. you got to figure it out. You have to have depth in the goaltending position. Yeah, and that's where Edmonton screwed up, right? Where they pretty much just lost Anton Forsberg for nothing to Winnipeg, and then they run Koskinen into the ground in the early season. They have to play Stuart Skinner, who did not play very well in his not game. Not an NHL goalie. No, I mean, he has done well in the A, but you need three goalies, right? And any any team, right? Carolina, they could have lost Ndelkovic, and sure enough, he turns into almost their starter at this point. And Everyone's Chicago- more interested in Eric Comrie. Yeah, and Chicago was running with Dalia and Malcolm Subban, and then the Kevin Lankinen gets a shot, and he takes the ball and, and runs with it. And even in Washington, too, Samsonov gets COVID pretty hard, and Vanacek and Craig, An- like, you need Craig Anderson gets to play. COVID it. pretty hard. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you clearly need three. Um, yeah. Okay, quickly, let's go through uh, a couple of segments here to wrap up. Uh, MyBookie.ag, uh, better than night here. Use promo code 120ZSports, all caps, no spaces. MyBookie.ag, they're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. Easy one for me tonight, Oilers in regulation against the Sands, minus 165. Yeah, I'd, I mean, Oilers puck line even. I think that Edmonton could have won that last game probably Dry 6 yeah, they could have won that last game 6-2 if Joey Decor didn't stand on his head. He actually played really yeah, well. Yeah, Arizona State kid, too. Him yeah. and Pashwitz were down there at the same time, I believe. Yeah, good for him. And then another one I'll throw in there, I'll throw in Colorado against Arizona. Colorado's kind of been just kind of kicking the ball a bit here. They kind of go, I don't know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one the last little bit. So I'll go Colorado over Arizona also. That's fair. That's fair. Do you have a line on that one yet or no? No, no, no. It's, also Canucks, the Canucks are buzzing too, haven't they? Won four straight. Yeah, but they played play- twenty. They played twenty nine games, so. Okay, but yeah, but they're playing the Habs tonight at like midnight, pretty yeah. much. I don't hate that one as well. I don't know. See what you get a line on that. Also, Quack Stats. Uh, okay, Adam, who are we going to mention today for friends at Quack Stats, the most advanced player tracking technology? Who are you sitting? I just saw a video on Twitter here from a Saskatoon minor hockey team. Holy K. First off, holy shit. The, Tex- the Texas Rangers stadium will be at 100% capacity for the home opener. Wow. And at a slightly reduced capacity with social distance pods in April and May. So a sellout. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like 40,000 people. Like, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's like terrible for yeah. health people, I'm sure. But like, that's awesome for fans. Yeah, good good for fans and whatnot. But I, I what guess, do you think like, if they'd be like, hey, if you show up, you have to get a vaccine, like stab them at the door. I think that would work in Texas, too. I, I don't know if they <laughs> some of those folks are going to 
Their education level is terrible. Yeah, they're going to be vaccine people. Uh, but no, I'll bench on. Um, I just saw a video on Twitter. There's people public skating at a hockey rink, and there's like 20 of them on the ice, but teams can still practice with eight players on the ice. So I think that's pretty ridiculous. So I'll bench. I don't, whoever's in charge of these rules, I guess. That's funny because I have a minor hockey one as well. And I tweeted out the picture before the show. Go check it out at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. And I, 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 I captioned this when I said, but it's not safe for players to use dress rooms. And that's one of these rinks here. We won't pick on them. But I mean, you've got these kids dressing in chairs with their backs to the glass and the glass shattered on top of them. Like a puck got shot, glass shatters all over these kids getting dressed right by the glass. Like, yeah. I mean, for one, what idiot thought, hey, this is a great idea. Let's stick them right by the glass. And two, like, come on, it's not safe for us to dress in dressing rooms yet. We can't figure this out with social distancing, masks, whatever. That's a joke. So uh, hockey rinks, minor hockey in Canada in general, ear bench, kick rocks, pound sand. Yeah, all a joke. We didn't get into this, but there's so many random Oilers rumors like, Elvis Merzlikens and now Eric, Eric Stahl, Stahl and Jake DeBrusque, like all all this stuff. Like, I mean, good for them if you can make it happen. But the Eric Stahl thing, yeah, it makes sense. But to trade for a guy, he's going to quarantine for two weeks, miss probably, what, six or seven games. And then he's a rental. Like, he's not going to re-sign in Edmonton. And then, like, what, you lose in the second round and you just gave away a third-round pick for nothing. Like... I do understand going for it and, and trading assets. Like they traded, what was it, two seconds for Athens CU last year, which clearly didn't work. And Eric Stahl, I think he's he was like dead set on just living in Minnesota the rest of his life. Like his family's not with him in Buffalo. And then the Merzlikens one, like I don't, I get that his agent's based in Edmonton. He's with that, the Sports Corp agency, but like why would Columbus trade him? Like I get they're going to lose two goalies, but he's better than Corpus Allo was, you know what? Yeah, no, I, I totally think that he is. You know, you, you need a good goalie tandem and Columbus would be stupid unless they're getting something sick for him, like a, a top-end D-man, maybe. Like, bringing in another Jones or something, maybe they'll consider it. All in all, I don't see that happening. Also, Patrick Line has been terrible in Columbus. I'm just going to throw that yeah. out there. And uh, shout-out Molly Walker, friend of the show. Artemi Panarin's not playing tomorrow versus Boston. David Quinn has confirmed that. All righty. Time to wrap it up. Do you got anything else uh, quick, I guess, that we can throw out there? No, just keep on grinding, I guess. We're, we're kind of halfway through. There's going to be a bunch of mock trades. The Leafs are going to trade for everyone. So Don't be so that idiot. Chuck it out, stupid mock trades. If I see those on Twitter, you're getting unfollowed. If I see I anything stupid about McDavid getting traded. The best is the mock trades. And like, like Boston be like, yeah, let's get Eichel and be like, Debraska too. And jacob's a borrower like no <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it gotta love it okay huge thanks though to uh cam kepke global calgary sports reporter nick kiprios former any cheller host of real kipper at noon and of course all of our sponsors at world hockey port lord co auto parts the absolute best pro rock hockey sticks coco vodka coco rum quack stats my and everyone else who helps make this show take for out of cody jansen Jeff Beck over at 12 Ounce Sports. So long. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Everyone, be kind. Be better.